This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 84. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. My name is John Middick, and I am joined by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I am good, John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. Hey, I'm going to let you start doing the opening announcement. How's that? I know. We we always, you plug me, well, but we don't plug flop. you. What let's the heck? do that. Yeah, and you can say, John, what are we talking about today? We should. Okay, next week, I'm on. I get to do it. You know we'll forget that, though, right? <laughs> I know, but I'm kind of excited about it right now, so we have to remember. Anyway, I am super duper, and I'm so <laughs> glad that you're here today, and what are we talking about? We are talking about blogging for artists. Yeah, now, we had a question come in, and let's go ahead and take a moment here and read a little bit of this uh, letter that came in to us. She submitted this and says, uh, Lila, I believe this is, maybe she pronounces it Lila, I'm not sure, and she says, there is a lot of blogging advice out there about how to have a profitable blog. So people blog about personal finance, recipes, how to make money online, health, nutrition, fitness, IT, fashion, DIY, and home decor. These seem to be the most profitable niches, but to me, they are boring. I was wondering if I could blog about the artistic progress, like an online sketchbook that documents my improvement in art, basically ongoing from beginner to pro artist. And then a second topic here, art history, in a way that doesn't bore people, like writing in a more conversational style and not so textbook-like. Then on to month two. I'd focus on an Egyptian theme, etc., and so on and so forth. Okay, and then some other options here under, I guess, month two yeah, lots or of ideas whatever. for calligraphy, different types of art. Yeah, art snack boxes, too. posts on creativity, creative prompts, movies that talk about uh, creativity or highlight artists, art in films, art in literature, uh, review of art products, books, magazines, podcasts, art resources, that kind of thing. All these different types of options, right, Lisa, that she's talking about, uh, possibly writing about. Okay, some good ideas here. And I think the framework is really good. And others have had this question as well. Where do we start? That's the question. I think the first place that you want to start is figure out who your target audience is. That is such a big deal. You can't just decide, I want people who are interested in art. That doesn't pinpoint it enough because some people will not remotely be interested in art history, whereas others will think it's the best thing they ever read. Some people don't care about calligraphy. I mean, you really want to narrow down and pinpoint who is the, the your ideal reader. I I mean, come down to the point, you could even name, you know, give them an imaginary name. So Mrs. Tacos, just figure out what Mrs. Tacos likes. All of the things that, (laughs) I don't know, I'm really hungry. I haven't had dinner yet. So so. figure out what type of things that, yeah, Mr. Taco or Mrs. Tacos and Mr. Potato, figure out what do these people, what does this one person like? What age is she? What, or he, um, you can figure out a gender if you want. How do they dress? Now this stuff may seem ridiculous, but if you can figure out 
every little thing about them. What do they do on their free time? What do they do for a living? When they create art, do they create art? If they do create art, what kind do they create? If you can narrow this down to a very specific type of person, it's going to make it much easier for you to figure out what type of blog posts that person is going to like. And I know what a lot of people will think when you you mention to somebody to come up with a target, you know, figure out who your target audience is or that target person. They want everybody to like it. Here's the thing won't work. It just doesn't work. You're not going, if you try to appeal to everybody, you appeal to almost nobody. You want to figure out the exact person who is interested in what you want to create. And then you can work around that in how you word things. Are you going to be funny or are you going to be serious? What does Mrs. Tacos like? Given her name, I'm guessing she likes funny posts. So in her case, I would probably write things with a bit of humor. You know, that sort of thing. Really figure out and focus on that being your ideal customer or your ideal reader, and then build from there. Yeah, I think that's excellent. And yeah, that's something that we should all be doing. And here's here's the other thing about it. Just get started. And this isn't something you have to get so narrowly focused and figure it out right from day one, because here's here's what happens. When you start writing about things that you're interested in and that you like, you are qualifying Mrs. Tacos. You're qualifying your target audience and you're saying, this is the person that I'm going to be writing to. And then over time, and it doesn't have to take a long time, but then you can start narrowing down that focus and saying, the kind of things I enjoy writing about and that I want to write about are these things. And this is the target market. This is the person that will be interested in that. And to Lisa's point, you're going to naturally then appeal to a certain element and you're going to naturally then repel people that are not interested in the content that you're going to provide. And so what are you doing by doing that? You are naturally then qualifying people for your content. You're qualifying your audience and that's what you want to do. And that's that's what will happen even naturally. This isn't some kind of scientific thing that happens where, you know, you're uh, putting, you know, getting out a calculator and figuring out, you know, uh, how the moons will align here and all that stuff. You're qualifying your target market by what you decide your target market is. You're making that choice. And kind of backing up too, when you said, you know, people blog about personal finances or the ones that seem more profitable are personal finances, recipes, how to make money online, health, nutrition, fitness, IT, fashion, DIY, and home decor, that those seem to be the most profitable. The thing is, everybody else knows that too. And everybody else is trying to write those same topics and trying to break into that market Mm. would suck. Your, your competition is just too high to start. If it's something you're passionate about, sure, go for it. But if it's not, then that makes no sense for you to do just because you think it will make you money. It probably won't because, like I said, the market's already flooded with those things. Do something different that not that many people are doing. And in this case, art, I think, is a great way to go. Yeah, there are a lot of art bloggers. Not nearly as many as there are DIY, home decor, health, nutrition, all of that. So that's something to keep in mind. This is a good thing. Don't Don't write because you think it will make you money. Write about it because it's something you're passionate about. That will show in your writing. Right. And yeah, talking about that, I mean, you hit on that, that you write something that you're passionate about. That's a real key element to this because you're going to have to be in this for the long haul. You're not going to turn around and get a paycheck on Friday when you start doing something like this. And I just want to, you know, this is sort of a a personal thing here that I'm just going to share. But this is the, the vision that I had a long time ago go whenever I decided to start a podcast. I I knew that this was going to be a labor of love for a long time, and it was, and it has been. But, 
you know, just now I'm starting, I'm starting to turn a profit a little bit in this portion of my business. But I knew for a long time I had to be consistent. I had to be, I had to show up every week and be consistent. And that was it. And just over time, just grinding it out with content that over time that would work out for me. But I had to play the long game and that's what you're in this for. So you have to follow your passion. Otherwise you'll burn out because you won't be interested in the topic. Absolutely. They say that the, the same thing to YouTubers because people will think, well, YouTube is a great way to make money. Well, it can be, but don't do it because of that being your your so if that's your sole goal, you will get burned out. It it yeah. took takes a long. It took me five or six years before I was really making much money or you know making being able to live off of making videos. And of course, that's in combination with other things, not just the videos by themselves. But right. it took a good. I'd say about six years once I started making videos before I started seeing the payoff. That was a long time. Now, yes, it can be done faster. I didn't know what I was doing the first few years at all. But still, I mean, it's like John was saying, it's the long game. You're you're not doing this. If you if I would have jumped in, started making videos, thinking I'm going to make all of this money next month, even in the next year, I would have gotten burnt out. I would have gotten sick of it and I would have stopped doing it. But I never would have reached this point because of it. But I was creating content that I am passionate about. I'm help, you know, teaching other artists. I love being able to help other artists. I love being able to do tutorials. These are things I'm passionate about. So on those months where it's like, wow, I made $10 on my videos this month. It wasn't that big of a deal. That's not my main, you know, right now goal. Yeah. And, you know, and and I think you're hitting on something really big here. And I love it that you sent this question in and have these things on your mind because you're right. You do need to spread your eggs out in several baskets and not just get your paycheck from one area. And so as artists, that's something that you should constantly be thinking about. But I wanted to tackle something that that you brought up, and that was that you felt like that as an artist, you're not really solving anybody's problems, and that that's the advice that you hear all the time, is that a blogger needs to solve people's problems. And and especially with blogging, you cannot be thinking about how am I going to make money with this, and how is this going to be an evergreen uh, post, and that kind of thing. You just have to start creating the content. And I think that a lot of that is more about finding your voice and finding out what you really do believe and what you really do feel like is something that you feel is concrete enough to write down because you start you may start not believing something as you start to write it and then you'll refine that over time. But I want to tackle this idea of the problem solving because there's a popular saying that I'm sure a lot of us have heard out on the internet and that is that there are only two reasons why people go online and that's one, either solve a problem or two, to be entertained, nothing else. Now, in a way, that's probably true. But as an artist, you are solving problems. And you can be entertaining. You're doing both. Yes, you can do both. It appeals to people's indulgent side, which I think you alluded to. It appeals to uh, the people's uh, frustration of not having a need met or uh, some kind of problem resolved. And so you're able to provide that answer. And so I think you're perfectly poised to be able to provide both of these things. So what are the type of things that you would consider solving problems? You're an artist. You're going to have other artists who want to learn how to paint grass. They want to know how to paint a bubble. They want to know what art magazines people recommend. They want to know, I mean, everything that you listed here, all of your Mm -hmm. ideas do solve their problems because people are going to wonder about these things. So if you've got the answers, you just solved their problem. Or if you do a tutorial showing somebody how to paint a realistic looking sky or an abstract sky, whatever it is that you're passionate about doing, if you can show somebody how to do that, you just solved that problem. I mean, there's a lot of problems that you've... 
I mean, pretty much every single thing you've listed would would qualify. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, the only thing is that you want to think about that six degrees of separation type of space and stay within that kind of thing. I mean, you know, you don't want to talk about car repairs or something yes. like that on Friday or something because it's not really relevant or related to the rest of your content. But there are so many things within the spectrum that I think you can gather ideas in all these areas that you're mentioning here and they would still be relevant topics to that of art and where you eventually want to go in particular because you're going to change you're going to refine your message and decide exactly what you want to put out there and what energizes you more than other topics and it'll change over time and you'll start writing something one day and you'll be like i don't even believe that i'm not going to write that or i don't think that anymore i'd rather write about this so it helps you to find what you're wanting to talk about as well blogging does i think it's good for everyone to write I wouldn't really worry too much about everything being perfect to start with. John was talking about this earlier. Just get started because let's be realistic. Not that many people are going to be reading your posts when you first start. It's the same thing with people getting started on YouTube. Don't worry about having the best equipment. Worry about getting started because, again, you're not going to have that many viewers or readers. Leave me out of this, Lisa. Leave me out of this, please. People (laughs) not starting YouTube. (laughs) If you don't have that many people who are following you, you're not really having that many people who you're embarrassing yourself in front of. It's not that big of a deal. Just get started with it. Yeah, excellent. And one of the things I was talking about earlier, again, with your target market, going back to that, you're going to have spillover. Don't feel like you're narrowing it down too far. You will have people who don't feel it fitting your target market who start following you. But you still want to just keep that in mind, who you're writing this for. What would they want? Even though you'll realize later on that other people are following you. Now, let's say a year down the road, you realize that Mrs. Tacos doesn't follow you at all for whatever reason, and it's actually Mr. Taquito. Now you may shift how you write because the Taquito family likes... Get you this know, girl they some get salsa, more I tell you. I'm really hungry. Get her some queso and chips. <laughs> <laughs> they give you, more, you know, if if your the audience starts to say, we want more of this, we want more of that, then yes, you can shift that a bit as long as it's still your passion. I'm not saying, you know, they say you, they want car repair. You're not the person to go to for that. But you can shift as time goes on as needed to what people need, but you have to yeah. start out with a focus. At the end of your blog post, you can always say, you know, uh, make an appeal to the audience, some type of appeal, no matter what it is, and just say, you know, what what uh, what are your struggles right now, or what are your ideas, or what are your opinions on this? And you'll engage uh, people, and you'll get some feedback, and you can refine what you're talking about based on that. And I would also encourage you to start your email list as soon as possible as well. When you start your blog, just start your email list. Just start simple and don't make this something stressful or overwhelming. Just start and I think you're on the right path. Yeah, and it's nice because those blog posts make it easy to come up with email content every week. Yeah, You yeah. can share what the blog posts were. You yep. just killed two birds with one stone there. Yeah, exactly. Make it easier on yourself with your whole strategy, your whole business and marketing and everything. Make that much easier on yourself. So they, a lot of this works together. And then social media. When you do post these blog posts, because you're not going to be the first on the search engines. That comes with time. So make sure, you know, use understand keywords and, and writing things honestly, but have a, a good description about what it is. If you can have your title, have a question. Think about things that people are going to be like, wow, that's for me. I'm interested in reading what she has to say here. So let's say... 
what kind of colored pencils are best. Something like that where a colored pencil artist might go, huh, I wonder what she has to, let's see what she thinks mm-hmm. is best. Don't start out with Prismacolor colored pencils are the best. Do you, you know, so, for several reasons, actually. But don't start out with giving them the, the punchline. Start to tease them a little bit. It has the information. And I don't mean full clickbait. I mean, just give that little bit of a tease that lets them want to read These the article. These colored pencils will yourself. blow your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't wow. But yeah, no. But I mean, if you can have that little bit of a tease, so when you post it over on social media, it sends them back to want to read the full article. Absolutely. So that I think helps you get people back over there too. And just remember, everything you suggested, every single thing, you can turn into a problem solving. You know, there is a question in there somewhere where someone's looking for information on that. That means you are solving their problem. Yep, absolutely. And they're going to love reading your content. There's going to be your target market will love you and they'll love what you have to say because you're attracting your target market. Okay, I I wanted to veer off just a moment as we wrap up here and I wanted to say something that is going to happen to you as you start and congratulations on having this desire. Go ahead, dip your toe in the water, get out there and get started and tell us about it. Lisa and I would love to hear about it. Here's something else that's going to happen to you. Lisa and I were just talking about this recently. You're going to have haters. It doesn't matter how nice you are. Jesus Christ was crucified, right? You're going to have people that do not like you and they're going to email you and tell you how awful you are. Or in my case, that I'm obnoxious, <laughs> arrogant, and that I talk badly about customers and uh, artists, apparently. You know what? Yeah, <laughs> I get emails, not not real often, but once a month maybe that are very nasty and negative. But anyway, it doesn't happen all that often. But you know what, guys? We just had we had a, a negative review on iTunes and kind of left a bad taste in my mouth because it just wasn't based in reality. So if you haven't left a rating... Oh, I'm arrogant. That part's true. <laughs> it's the part about me talking badly about customers and other artists that's bizarre. Right. <laughs> if you haven't left us a rating or review, you know... Can do that. And if you've done it already, you can do that as well if you feel like you want to leave another one. The reason why I point that out is because I didn't know that till recently that you could leave another rating or review. Uh, shows change over time. And so if you feel like you want to leave another review, you're welcome to do that. Anyway, we would appreciate that. Make, you know, have the last review end on a positive note rather than a sour one as it is right now. <laughs> Someone's going to be listening to this, you know, at least a year or two later and be like, what are they talking about? I don't even see that. But anyway, so as always, we would appreciate any feedback that you have on the show. If you have any negative feedback, you're welcome to email us privately, uh, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. <laughs> if you would like to reach out to us on Twitter, Lisa's at Lockery. I'm at Sharpened Artist. And we have a new show every single Monday. And if you're not subscribed to the show, go ahead and subscribe. You get all the shows when you subscribe. And anything that we put out there that doesn't even show up in on the website, sharpenedartist.com or in the show notes. So we will talk to you again again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Artistic process or <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. He's not sorry. He does this on purpose to you. He emailed was, me telling me I, so. And I was laughing very evilly, if there's if that's a word. I just made it. He's so like, watch how I can go. screw with him. <laughs> this is going to be hilarious. And we'll laugh later about it. <laughs>